It's time for our scripture of the day. To get it delivered to your phone, text the word scripture to 800-969-9467. Well, our scripture of the day comes from Matthew 26, 39, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. We're going to start at Matthew 26, 37 and 38. And I'm not going to read that scripture, but I'm just going to summarize it. Jesus was sorrowful, even unto death, the Bible tells us, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He was about to face death on a cross, and he was sorrowful, even unto death, as he went into the Garden with his disciples. Now, one of the most significant questions, though, that we can ask is why Jesus showed such emotion as he faced death. Now, you and I, obviously, we would show that kind of emotion. But you may ask, why would the Son of God show that much emotion? The stories of Jewish and Christian martyrs tell us how many faced terrible deaths with courage and even joy, yet Jesus was gripped with such sorrow that he almost died. Luke tells us that as Jesus prayed, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. The depth of his anguish so affected his body that it was almost like a killing sorrow. Now, it's important to remember that Jesus' death was unique. Jesus knew that he would soon face a moment when he would be entirely alone. Jesus was to be the sacrificial lamb. And in that moment, when he bore in his own body the sins of the world, Jesus would be forsaken even by the Father. The essential unity of the Godhead would be ripped apart, and this would be an event so unique that you and I can't even imagine its impact on the Father and the Son. Now, what we do know is that this moment paid the price required by all the sins of the human race, from Adam's fall to mankind's last surge of rebellion at history's end. Physical death held no terrors for Jesus. Physical death was nothing frightening for Jesus, but what was about to take place on the cross caused him an anguish that we can't begin to understand. Now our scripture from Matthew twenty six thirty nine. Jesus prayed, let this cup pass from me. If there be any way, let this cup pass from me. Only a superficial reading of the Bible would lead a person to suggest that the cup Jesus was longing to avoid was physical death. This cup might serve as an image of any painful experience, but the imagery is frequently used in the Old Testament, not merely of suffering and death, but as a symbol of God's wrath. What Jesus begged for was an alternative, any alternative, to this means of carrying out his mission of redemption. But Jesus also prayed, Nevertheless, this is the focal point of our scripture of the day, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Throughout his time on earth, Jesus had gladly done the Father's will, and now he faced the ultimate temptation. See, he could have called legions of angels, to rescue him from that cross, but he didn't. He didn't call upon them to rescue him from what was awaiting him. The almost unbearable pressure that he felt is reflected in the anguish that he displayed. In Gethsemane, we see the reversal of Eden. 
In Eden, Adam said, in effect, not your will, but mine. And so sin entered the human race. And now Jesus said, not my will, but yours. In the ultimate act of submission, he purged our sin. He provided all of us who believe with eternal salvation. And then there's Matthew 26, 44. And Jesus prayed a third time, saying these same words. Now, while the Gospels report slight variations in the wording of those three prayers, Matthew does remind us that each time Jesus said essentially the same thing, but why three prayers? What does that teach us? Submission to God's will is something that you and I need to renew moment by moment. It's hard. In Gethsemane, Jesus provided an example for moment-by-moment obedience. And he provided a reminder that our commitment to the Lord must be constantly renewed. And like Jesus, we need to reaffirm or reaffirm in every prayer. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours.